When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Perry. This is Hidden Plainside. And to my right, Star Blaze TV's primetime with Alex Stein, the one and only Mr. Brandon Steele. And uh, today we have to we have to do it. I don't. <laughs> we got to go back to that place. Yeah, we do. We have, uh, of course, the Michael prophecies from one Mr. David Wilcock. I, man, I've been reading this book for a little while now. I mean, we're recording this on what's today? The, the 29th. Been reading it since uh touch before christmas yeah and boy it's uh it's concerning yeah. i guess might be the only way to put it i mean i read the the preface because there were five of them for some reason <laughs> well we'll get to that <laughs> i think that that i guess i should throw that out there i really there's no fucking structure to this i have just been outlining the book as i read it there's no structure to this because there's Realistically, there's no structure in the book. No, the book is no. just a fucking jumbled mess of prophecy. Yeah, um, and the the preface is just sentences, individual sentences. We'll get to that too. But oddly enough, so you read the preface, which for God knows what reason is a uh, hundred and thirty six pages long. It's I, a book I don't un- know. It is a book unto itself. That's the part of this book that makes the most sense. So I think. Which is bad because it doesn't make sense at all. It's (laughs) concerning. I think today we'll get through the the five prefaces of the book. That should probably take us about an hour, I think, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of structure it from there. See see how long this takes us and go. I'm not fully done with the book uh, yet. I've got I've got about hundred pages left somewhere there about so i am i'm pretty uh far into it david does specifically mention in one of the five prefaces that uh you gotta really make sure to read the whole thing so you can you know integrate it it's important usually when reading a book i've read enough is to finish i think i think i've read enough for me to have a pretty good idea of where this is going i don't think he's gonna i doubt he's gonna have any real revelations at the end i don't think he's gonna tie this all together in a suitable way he's got two more coming out yes this this is book one of three it's gotta end with a cliffhanger uh speaking of cliffhanger we can go with that you know i i think while reading this book, this is this is what we'll, we'll tease this. I think I discovered why David's life has fallen apart. I think I have a very good theory as to why David has become whatever he is currently. Look, it is a very illuminating text into the functions of mental illness. Even very few people this mentally unwell are also able to so thoroughly document their day to day. I I did have that revelation oddly enough my own prophecy of sorts about 150 or so pages into this where i just kind of realized like this really isn't about the book at all this is no. more about uh, understanding the psyche uh, yeah of this one is david wilcock this is as clear a look as you can get into the essence of crazy i'm uh just just com- completely unhinged shit 
we we spent what forty five minutes a week or two ago just reading that one email he sent. And yeah, that was his, pretty nuts. His five thousand word email. This is even more nuts. I guess we should get into it. I'm not quite sure how to set myself up here. I'm unfortunately just going to have to kind of face away from the camera in order to read this. I think so. Look, it's it, this is about the words, folks. It, it listen. is just listen to the words. Turn the captions up big and. Before we begin this, uh, we do know numerology, very, very important to David, and this book is 555 pages. Yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence due to something you mentioned earlier, which is the, the formatting of this book. It's is odd. It's odd. Fucking, it, everything is broken up into, like, couplets. Yeah. It's like two lines, full space, two lines, full space. It's a very interesting decision. So uh, with that in mind, uh, oh, also I went back and listened to some of our Awakening the Dream episodes, and he brings up the number 555 a lot as like a clock synchronicity, which yeah, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, a car accident at 555. Yeah, for those of you who may not know what a clock synchronicity is, it's uh, when you look at a clock and yeah. David thinks it's magical. And the numbers repeat because they only do <laughs> that, that once an hour, every hour. More or less, yes. So uh, 555, according to my, my top secret Google sources, is the angel number that pertains to favorable change. Which makes me think he almost certainly intended to pick that number. Honestly, I think he just got to into numerology, but he stopped at just the repeating three numbers. He's a huge fan of repeating numbers. Because, like, numerology, numerology is very extensive. Usually there's some crazy math, and you're yeah. multiplying and dividing. David's like, oh, my God, it's 333. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is God is talking to me. Thank you, Michael. It's yep. 444. Oh, uh, I'm kind of stalling beginning this because it's like we're we're at the the peak of the roller coaster. I know as soon as I start reading it, like we're just we're in it. Yeah, I mean, at least with this, it's not so much about like getting through the book that was difficult. That last book was just difficult to get through. It was boring and repetitive at times. This, at least, is just you're reading into his psyche. What he's saying is almost irrelevant. If anything, it's just a, a confirmation of everything we've been saying for some time. The man he's, is unwell. He is unwell. And we're here to uh, decipher it. All right. Author's preface, part one. Uh, the entire first page, it, it just starts with these various rephrasings of questions concerning whether or not the, the world is going to end or whether or not God is real or if uh, evil exists. Yeah, it's very ominous. I remember, I remember reading that first part, and it was uh, it was very foreboding. Yeah, and he's just like, "What if God isn't real? What's the <laughs> point of being here? Is there a point of being here? Should we all just kill ourselves?" And then even weirder is he transitions from that part with all the the God and evil questions directly into like, "What about UFOs? Are those real?" It's like, well, start maybe start with the UFOs. Like, you should should go from less important to more important, perhaps. Yeah. Because you know the the question of whether or not evil exists is maybe a bit less important than whether or not well, then he gets Roswell happened. He gets really dark, and he's like, "But don't worry, we're not going to bum you out with today's book." And it's like, what a sick turn. Oh, well, we'll get, he's even planning a book for later on about all the dark shit that he excluded from this book. Mind you, I would give anything to read just the dark version of David's thoughts. You have no idea where this will go. I guarantee I read a section the other day that is just some of the most. All right. I, I can't get into it. We got <laughs> one step at a time here. We're going to walk everyone through this. Um, 
So it starts out with all those questions. Now, we do get some answers to some questions we've been uh, having recently. The the first, and this is recent happenings, the the f- apparition of uh, Mary on yes. Thanksgiving. The Mariel apparition or whatever the yes. fuck he calls it. Which I looked that up. I, I think it just kind of means you like sense people in your room. And in his case, it, it happened to be the Virgin Mary. David... He does this a lot in this book, too. He had finished inserting into this book a section about Mary and the Fatima apparitions. Yeah. Uh, he does that frequently in this book as he, like, sidebars back in where he's, like, in the present timeline, I just finished doing this. I love or, when he breaks the fourth wall in his own writing. So I didn't I d- even know you could do that, to be honest. He's there, doing something I didn't think you... Like, it's almost Shakespearean, except for he's the only one there. These aren't different characters. There is points later in his prophecy where he has two sidebars one is from 1997 <laughs> and then he has a, a follow-up one from 2022 all right so uh he he inserts this section of the book about the fatima apparitions and then all of a sudden he becomes aware of a group of people that made themselves present in his cabin he can also see them out of the corner of his eye in his words mary quote looked like a pillar of curling blue fire or clouds maybe that was just his fireplace in the cabin it was his blue lights he said the shape she took looked like a vertical eye that hindus paint on their foreheads i'm assuming it means you know a little, little dot thing yeah yeah he also realized it's some sort of energy portal and this is we this is like page 2 we're really getting into it the shape uh, so he realizes that and that the shape of your hands when you pray i think he means this that is a small holographic resonator, but only if you have strong enough faith. Well, faith is the electricity of miracles. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> it is. I don't know Put what... Put down a shirt. I don't know what a holographic resonator is. It sounds... It resonates holographs. Fantastical. Uh, he goes on to say that this hallucination was life-altering and that he had to declare out loud, no more apparitions, I need to process this one first. I love that he's like, all right, Mary, chill, chill. I got to write this down. And then uh, this is where we really see the, the the duality of man here. The next day, he collapsed in his closet, began shrieking, crying, and shaking. We're going to get... I guess assume he does that more than he likes to admit. Him uh, assuming the fetal position and crying in, in a, a closet. closet. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's a wild thing to do. That's because that's what he did as a child when his parents berated him. Really, <laughs> the last book in this book are kind of, I think, just his trauma. If you strip away all the UFO and miracle shit, we're kind of just looking at the way a man has transformed uh, his yeah. trauma into alternate external sources. It's one man's journey through his traumatic life. And then he hits us uh, with this this doozy. Quote, our physical matter reality is actually just a paper-thin crystal of, in all caps, something else, which ultimately is mind-slash-love-slash-light-slash-reality. The, quote, box we live in can be vibrated, folded, or completely reorganized from the, again, in all caps, ultimate perspective that Mary showed me. Once we are allowed to live this way, if we have earned it, our telekinetic and spiritual power for good is vastly greater than we could ever imagine. He, Word. yeah, first of all, it's a lot of nonsense, but he Word. does seem to think he's teetering on the edge of being able to control reality with his mind. I think he thinks he can. Oh, he most certainly does. Yeah. He, he absolutely does believe that. He thinks he's, you know, creating his own reality. 
Uh, here's some random quotes that don't really need context. This behavior reminds me of a scared child fearing a highly violent, dominant bully. I should know I was that bullied child for many years. <laughs> Not anymore. He also, Not anymore. In that section, he also goes on this weird diatribe about uh, like TV announcers who think it's hilarious to mock people, and that makes <laughs> them cool. And all I could think about was like, who else? Who else is he talking about? Of course he's talking about us. Yeah. Like, I don't know else? why he calls TV announcers. I don't know. But... He did give us an upgrade from YouTube yeah, to hell TV. Yeah, but dude. Like, no one on... There can't be any. No I one mean, else is talking about him. No one else is mean enough to drive an actual line in the book. No one... It, it, like, even amongst his fan base, no one is even talking about this book. He's, you know, we've, he's, we've ruined his marriage. He been, knew we would read this. <laughs> he's been forgotten. We're, we're trying to bring him back. Oh, I, I would read in the prefaces. There were a few times where I was like, did he put this here knowing we were going to do this? Look, my ultimate goal here is I've seen how far off the deep end this man is. We're going to save him. We're going he, to resurrect him. We're going to bring him back. To, he's going deeper than we've really ever seen. We're going to bring him back to the safe harbor of just aliens instead yeah. of whatever this shit is oh he did also uh say the ufo cover a uh, cover-up is the original cancel culture i like that uh the entirety of this book book one is uh this is all just going to be prophecies from 1996 to 1997 and the book was written by of course not david but saint michael and saint lucia oh yeah which he just creates Yes, I yeah. Uh, what it was a very odd decision. Like, well, you know, she's not technically a saint, but like she's working with me, so he, he saint. Ex- he explains it later as Saint Lucia is this person he imagined being sold off into like a pedophilic sex ring, and, and then she, she got turned into an angel. In his mind, yes. What an origin story. Sex trafficked as a girl, and oh, now she's an angel. I have it written down. St. Lucia is a, quote, classic martyr figure who chose to be put to death rather than to be sold into child slavery of the most disgusting and perverse sort. Who's giving children the choice? Yeah, I don't really think that's an option. All right, you're either going to burn at the stake or you can go suck this old guy's <laughs> dick. This may be my, my favorite quote in the book, <laughs> referring to St. Lucia, of course. She could not be moved. She could not be burned. She appeared indestructible until someone finally stabbed her in the neck. <laughs> she was she was completely she was immortal until someone you know stabbed her to death. He's really got away with words sometimes. That's it's just remarkable. It's yeah. she could. <laughs> she was indestructible except for that time she got stabbed to death in the neck. Just like, like no normal person would write that line. The only way, at I, least, not expect like unless it was like a literal punchline. <laughs> there's a lot of that in this where I kind of read. I'm like, was he trying to make a joke? But then we've learned we've covered David so much. We I've know learned him that long it's, enough. No, it's not really a joke. No, he, he, he's kind of incapable. He, of he, doing his that. laughing is actually more concerning most of the time. Yeah, he really. You know what he is? He's the world's most literate retard. Yeah. He's yeah. dumb as shit, but he's very good with words. Yeah, he's great with words. He just doesn't use them right sometimes. He claims this book has more verifiable prophecies than any other document in existence, and then follows that sentence up by saying he is not bragging. I'm not bragging, folks, <laughs> but this is the greatest work of... Uh, of, of all the, time. It's all the greatest time, work yeah. of prophecy this of all time. This is never going to be... I predicted everything. He does have a more humble ego, and we'll get on to the ego as uh, later this later is, episodes progress. This is also why I fear ever like keeping journals. I started at some point down the road. 
my health, mental health is going to deteriorate further. And if I have journals, go back and be like, yo, I predicted 9-11. I, I think we talked about this with Awakening in the Dream, but I agree. Because as I was reading this, I kind of started just for fun trying to pay attention to synchronicities and shit. You can drive yourself oh, there's insane a lot. rapidly. Once again, the clock repeats once an hour. <laughs> you you can do it. There's numbers everywhere, yeah. and they sometimes repeat. He now, in the humbling of his ego section, he now refers to himself as a regular talent and producer on History Channel's Ancient Alien. Ah, uh, no longer star. He's just regular. He's been downgraded from star of Ancient Alien. Damn, he downgraded himself. I know. Well, he's getting humble because that's how... Or I guess that's just... That was the most he was willing to humble himself. Like, all right, fine. I'll go for, I'll go to regular... From from Star, but that's as low as I will go. The aliens go pretty hard on trying to get him to humble himself a bit. That is, actually, that's genuinely, I'd love to have a PhD on. Be like, can you explain to me the significance of a very narcissistic man clearly coming up with this insane story to tell himself that he needs to humble himself, but he's so narcissistic, he just can't. Not only that, we'll find out later, the aliens have been telling him to do this since the 90s. It's, yeah, it's not new development. Because few narcissists have ever actually explored their narcissism without understanding what they were doing. He thinks... Like, he knows literal angels are like, hey, you need to chill, dude. He seems to have a problem with... He, he thinks he needs to fully own what, in his head, he believes he's accomplished, which is basically saving the world. Yeah, I so humbled myself. But I don't think, he, in his mind, being humble has uh, come down to him not bragging about his accomplishments. Like, I think he thinks you can be humble as long as you don't say it out loud. You just can't say it? Yeah. That sounds like a loophole he'd come up with. Like, no, if you don't say the words, then it doesn't count. It's abundantly clear throughout this that he still definitely thinks he's the shit. He's the fucking of man. Of course. He's in a, he's both retarded and narcissistic, which is a hilarious combo. But he's now trying to convey that in such a way where it doesn't come across as, as abrasive as it was previously. God bless him. Uh, he said 9-11 didn't happen the way we were told, but he doesn't oh, talk yeah. about it. He goes into that. That was a weird part where he just... He picks, kind of tosses it out there. Yeah, he picks like the Kennedy one. Yeah. And he's like... Did, did Was it just a magic bullet that did it? I don't know. And, and goes and like three, drops it. Goes to, yeah, it goes to three of them and he's like, so what if reality isn't real? It's like, damn, dude. The most, uh, I did learn like one actual thing during this, and that was that uh, Giorgio Sugalos' hair, the, the famous hair from Ancient Aliens, was yeah. the result of him riding to work on a motorcycle and his hair was all fucked up and the directors just told him to keep it that way. Well, he does hate helmets. Now, now no one can say you didn't learn at least something. During That's going to be funny when he crashes his motorcycle and not wearing a helmet and he just splatters his fucking head on the sidewalk. He will almost assuredly go out that way. And then we'll have who a whole separate killed, show about the conspiracy. Who, who could have killed Giorgio Sugalos? Ancient astronaut theorists <laughs> believe it was actually the Mayan civilization. Let's get to the important shit, though. And that is... The turkeys. Oh we do my get God. a turkey update. I was so happy when I read, and it was just animals for like two the, whole parts. Almost the full first preface is about these animals. Yeah. The turkeys. David. Uh, this is when I read it, and I was like, oh my God, he's bad. Yeah, it's insane. It's fucking insane. But this one is like things he's doing in reality. 
A lot of this is just things he made up in his head. Uh, He's actually doing this with these turkeys. And uh, if you guys don't know what the turkeys are, go. Uh, if you want a fuller understanding, last time we covered David, we we watched the videos. Yeah, it's got a flock of turkeys. It is fun phrase. to like. Oh, it's almost like little Easter eggs throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's like. Hey, we watched when he was doing this, and he talks about it in the book. Like, ah, I know what was happening. Yeah, we he were kind of... He was in a bad place. We were oddly enough covering him at about the time he seems to have done his final pass through this book to yeah. add things. Now, the turkeys, from David's perspective, he has uh, transformed these turkeys from second-density beings to third-density beings. Yeah. He, he was able to do this because he's a higher density. And he's feeding them, right? And, and he invested himself into the turkeys, yes, yeah. by way of feeding them. It was the most—that was wild. Like, no, you don't understand. I'm evolving these turkeys because I gave them seeds. Well, in giving them food and seed, he has given them a soul. I am king of the turkeys now. <laughs> I've tried to, well, I've tried to... Worship me, you gobbledies. I've never really understood the third, fourth, fifth density shit. I kind of get it now. Second density is you got uh, a mind and a body. Yeah. That's it. Third density, which is what we are. We are mind, body, spirit. Right. Uh, from there, fourth, I think you can, you can like, levitate and shit. And then fifth, you can uh, fly uh, through time. I always love that fourth is like, uh, you can fly? Yeah, it's kinda, it kind of seems <laughs> like, unnecessary. Hey, third, you get a spirit. Fourth, uh, you could kind of float a little bit. I forgot the most important. Naturally, as a result of uh, David elevating these turkeys, the third density, they can communicate with him telepathically. That's very important. The turkeys can <laughs> signal to him with their minds. It's very important. <laughs> Damn, dude, he's really gone full Nikola Tesla, except it's turkeys. <laughs> he's fucking talking to turkeys in his backyard. We then, uh, we then get a, a wildlife update in the form. There was a turkey merger that was attempted at some point. Wasn't wasn't there? I don't want to get ahead of you, but like, I remember a turkey got a broken wing, and I remember someone was murdering the turkeys. Right. So what happened here is there he's got his original group of turkeys, and then five new turkeys show up because Ooh, okay. I think, so I think the new turkeys were the one who had their like elder turkey yeah. slaughtered. Their, their chief was murdered. Briefly, everyone do remember, this is a book called the Michael prophecy. <laughs> this is supposed to be about the, the archangel Michael. And then we're on to like Turkey updates. This, uh, so the new turkeys and the old turkeys, they get along, they're living harmoniously for a while, but as of November 13th, 2022, <laughs> the five new turkeys have been disallowed from the all-caps turkey hibernation cave, yeah, which I don't know if he's trying to, like, trademark that, or... Probably. Probably. He, or he looked it up and was like, this is the official term now. But I guess the, uh, the new turkeys were moving too sloppy, and as a result of them moving sloppily, a lot of the old turkey flock got killed. So now there's been a, a turkey schism. Yeah, they got, they got exiled from the turkey group. Yeah, David does not have uh, high hopes for the exiled turkeys surviving the winter, but he is trying to feed them in an attempt to uh, sort of, you know, bolster their, their yeah, he's trying to opportunities build, here. He's trying to build them back up. The chipmunks have systematically vanished. That's terrible news. I do believe that just means they've been eaten. The squirrels or the chipmunks? Chipmunks, I think. Okay. So what we've been calling the squirrels are, Those I guess, chipmunks? chipmunks? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm not fucking... Are chipmunks a wild thing? I thought that was just the cartoon. <laughs> no, they exist. Okay. They're a thing. Uh, after this turkey and chipmunk update, we then move on to the author's Preface, I, does he part go, two. He goes back to the turkeys, doesn't he? Because I remember the story of the broken wing very vividly. I think 
So it's been, you know, it's been like a week since I read this part we're going over. Because I think David believes he healed the turkey. We, oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Again, he gave them a soul. I loved it so much that he just, in the yeah, in the middle of his book about Michael, the Archangel Michael's prophetic visions, it's like, all right, but these turkeys I've been fucking with, y'all got to hear about this shit. Well, he's he's basically turkey Jesus in this scenario because he's come to give them, uh, you know, is it Jesus or, or is he their God? Because Jesus died for our sins, <laughs> right. but God is the one who elevated us. I guess he'd be a God then. He's a God. He's trying to become... I think he's trying to become a God. Well, he's trying to be fifth density, which is where, like, Lucifer and Jesus exist. So I think he's not God, per se, but he does, in certain aspects, claim to be a fifth density being, more or less. How funny of a narcissistic yet humble thing he's like... I'm going to be a god, but, like, I don't want to shoot too high. <laughs> I'm just going to go for these turkeys. Well, actually, it, now that I think about it, he, he kind of hints at himself being a fourth density being throughout this book. Yeah. So if the turkeys were level two, he's level four. You know, that's a two-level difference. God's level five, we're level three. That's a two-level difference. That's true. So he's kind of, what, what God he's is to us, he okay. is to the wildlife. Yeah. David uh, starts by playing the hits in this uh, second part of the preface. We get the finding out UFOs oh, are real yeah. in college story. He does a lot of, he does this, he's kind of always done this, but and it's one of the sillier things I think he does, is he'll just quote himself he, for like, five, like five to ten pages at a time. There are like ten page chunks in this book where it's just... A reprinting of the synchronicity game. Yeah, and it's like, dude, that's that's not how it works, man. Like, no joke. There's there's probably a good yeah. thirty pages of the synchronicity key and uh what's this other one? Not awakening in the dream. Synchronicity uh, key, whatever it is. But fuck. He wholesale like reprints large chunks of the book. Yeah. Also, the law of one is printed uh pretty pretty extensively towards the end here. Uh he so he brings up the, the UFO in college thing, which we've heard probably a million times by yeah, this point. Yeah, he brings up Edgar Casey, but for some reason he's kind of like no longer claiming to be Edgar Casey. He's always this has always been one of the weirder aspects because it's the one thing David did before, like the UFO stuff that he just dropped. And never came back to. Well, he kind of came back to it in Awakening he in the tried, Dream. He tried and then yes, dropped it again. He does believe or did believe at one point that he was the reincarnation of Edgar Casey uh-huh. and was doing psychic readings. I assume when he stopped doing the psychic readings, he's like, well, I can't keep being Edgar Casey then. I believe what he said previously because he used to go speak at all these. He was on the circuit yeah, the as circuit. the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. Yeah. I think... Someone told him to drop that and focus on shit that's in, like, the synchronicity I, key. I, now that I think about it, I believe there was a section in Awakening in the Dream. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't that. It was that other book I got about David Wilcock from the guy he oh, was yeah, working yeah, yeah. with. That was the one where there was a section where one of David's mentors was like, hey, you should knock it off with the Edgar Case shit. You can make it's a lot. It's kind of nuts. Well, he's like, it's nuts, and you can make money doing the UFO stuff. In this section, David does. Uh, he he does. He just and reprints. that's a good fucking mentor because yes. that dude made him a lot of money. He does reprint four pages of the synchronicity key at preface number two. 
Uh, he talks about the reincarnation work of Dr. Ian Stevenson. Stevenson. Oh, yeah. He gets big into reincarnation. Stevenson would go around and interview children about past lives and then try hey, and hey, verify the info. Hey there, children. Can, can I ask you a question now? Now, what do you think you were in a past life? The the work is kind of interesting, but he, he tap dances around the fact that Stevenson is kind of widely considered a fraud because he would ask, like, leading questions. And he would only talk with kids and cultures where... They already believed in reincarnation. Oh, that is, uh, it kind of. It is interesting to think that like the kids are the ones who remember because they're closest to reincarnating, but they're also children, so you can't like take their word. More, I did kind of go off on like a side bar here where I was hopping on Wikipedia and reading about this guy. The kids tended to be poor and had a lot of memories of being richer in a past life, which contemporaries of Stevenson noted probably was a ploy by them to get cash out of the family they were claiming to be reincarnated in, from. In my past life, I was so much, I had so much more pussy. <laughs> everywhere I went, there was pussy everywhere. Do you have some pussy, sir? And his, uh, his research assistant also claimed that of the 1,111 cases, there was actually only no contact between the kid and the family they were claiming to be reincarnated from 11 of those 1,111 times. So they I probably mean, had a the, chance, you know, kind of. 11, 1,111. Oh, one, I know. One, 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 one. My birthday, December 11th, we're covering this book. It's now, oh, no, it's 244. repeating numbers. There you go. Uh, where was I? David, oh, yeah, so in addition to such uh, concrete sources like Dr. Ian Stevenson, he also cites claims such as an article titled, I died in Jerusalem in 1276, <laughs> says doctor who underwent hypnosis. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he's ever talked about this, but David has actually read over 300 books. Oh, yeah. He, he, he mentions his, that sometimes. He, he said it differently this time. It was, I read over 300 books in three years in college. Well, if you didn't like the way he phrased it now, I guarantee you, you'll be hearing it a few more times before we're I done. just thought it was interesting that he was, like, clarifying when he read, because now it's that he read it in, in three years. He, in college. We've had this pop up a lot recently. But he it, failed out of college. He did, yes. He had to leave because he went a bit cuckoo on yeah. this shit. We've, we've seen quite a few people who we've covered on Space Weirdo Fridays, almost like... Uh, try and integrate our criticisms of them into their, their teachings. Well, it's because we're valid. To, to explain it, because we have, we've brought up the 300-book thing a million times, because yes. that's not an impressive number. No, that's, it's the stupidest thing he brags about. I would think most literate people have probably read at least 300 books. That's not yeah. a, a huge amount. Uh, you but, were in college. You had nothing else to do. But he does kind of step back a bit to try and clarify why his doing that was impressive. Yeah. At the end of author's preface number two, we uh, we move on to author's preface number three. Hell yeah. This is this when we get to the, this is, uh, uh, is this Casey with the more of the... Fatima. Oh, Fatima. This is a good one. Here he brings I do up, love Fatima. Fatima is one of the most fascinating, like, conspiracy things ever because... So many people saw it. And, uh, oh, I have it written down here. Yeah, I'll kind of explain it just because it does play into this. The Fatima uh, Miracles happened in 1917. Three kids in Fatima, Fatima, Portugal, saw an angel a few times, and it gave them three miracles that would happen. 
They also claimed that 20,000 people showed up to witness a miracle where the sun was basically blocked out and people could see stars in the middle of the day. Also, um, some shit about it raining flowers. Uh, There's some weird descriptions where I think people were struggling to comprehend what they're seeing. What he's ultimately driving at, though, is in a bunch of witness reports, they saw a disc, uh, which kind of looks like a UFO. I don't, I don't know why. He's trying to tie in Christianity and UFOlogy pretty heavily yeah. in this. Well, and the other thing he tries to do here is because his Mariel apparition wasn't like an actual woman in the form of Mary. It was just like a blue cloud he assumed was yeah, Mary. Yeah, it was the, the blue flame or so whatever. So he has to be like, well, these kids said they saw Mary, but it was, it, was, it didn't look like Mary. Well, he's he's trying to switch it up because before he kind of said he could communicate with like aliens kind of when he was Would have been funny if he was like, I was that little girl in a past <laughs> life. <laughs> we'll get there too. He... He uh, has switched from talking to aliens to now the entire time he was actually talking to Archangel Michael. Yeah. So we're we're transitioning from Who I UFO guess, to Christianity. Who I guess is kind of an alien? Kind of. Yeah. In uh, 1917, Archangel Michael got channeled by some chick named Nancy Fullwood to say some vague shit about peace and not being material, but unfortunately Yay. for us, Michael used the term the storm. Oh, no. Michael predicted the coming storm, which wouldn't upset the children of light, in 1917. Oh, no. The 17th letter of the alphabet was, of course, no, Q. No, don't do it, David. Don't he, do it. So, oddly enough, he, he starts with the Q shit here. He kind of drops it, but he will pick yeah, it back it up later. Yeah, it ramps back up. I remember. Uh, some new info we get is that Edgar Casey would channel Archangel Michael, and when he did it, everyone in the room would immediately burst into tears. Uh, I assume from laughter. I don't yeah. know why. But yeah, well, look at this fucking retard. And also, Edgar Casey would fly off his couch when he's doing this. He would, like, you know, hover away. That'd well, be pretty cool to see. Well, he was channeling. I think that was also, he talks about, and uh, he, he would get this orgasm so hard. He would get this insanely deep voice when he did it. Like Dune? I guess. I, I don't really know. I'm pretty sure he pulled that from Dune. I mean, that's also a pretty common, like, trope for being possessed. Is she speaking like that low demonic voice? Yeah, the you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stagecraft for some reason when it comes to uh, all this shit. I mean, psychics have always needed a little flair. We do get some uh, insight into the loopholes that David uses to justify why he can't fix his personal problems, despite the fact that he's you know psychic and telekinetic and has the ability to now communicate directly with angels. In one of Casey's readings, where he's channeling Michael, he says. Quote, he that leads, or would direct, is continually beset by the forces that would undermine. He that endureth to the end shall wear the crown. So I think David has to go through all these struggles yeah. in order to... This is his hero's journey. ...later wear the crown. Yeah, now, he, the wear the crown thing is, again, him... It's not his ego, because he's not directly saying it. He's no, just quoting someone else. This is an archangel saying it. Who he claims to be. Well, you realize how insane this is? Is now he's the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, right? Yeah. And he's also communicating with Michael, and now he's quoting Edgar Casey, quoting Archangel Michael. Yeah. So we're like three layers deep into the onion. This is what I'm saying, David. It's, it's it's if you could actually take some of this 
and somehow make it coherent. You have like a Shakespearean tragedy <laughs> happening on like multiple timelines, which could actually be a fascinating thing to do if you could not make it sound batshit insane. David has essentially existed since the dawn of man in, in various forms. David has always been and always will be. Oh, I like this one. He he does randomly throw out that uh, Pontius Pilate was a previous incarnation of Hitler. I That's don't, an interesting comparison. I don't know why he felt the need to include that, but I thought it was uh, funny. Hitler would have loved Jesus. What are you talking about? I mean, he didn't have blonde hair, but he had nice brunette. Oh, here we, we get some more uh, letter 17 shit. Edgar Casey predicted that Biden would put Satan in the vaccines and give him to us. Well, that's good. You got the Satan vaccine. Hey, CVS, uh, where's this old Satan vaccine at? I'm trying to go to hell. Well, despite the fact that Casey's reading, he, he references literally the years 1958 to 1998. Like, he specifically said it would happen in the time period. It obviously didn't. Uh, it kind of plays into his time loop theory, which is a, a new sort of development in all this, which is... So the, the current way this works uh -huh. is 1996 to 1998, we're living through that again. We're living through the past again. Right. But really, it just the seems... The bulls are going to three-peat again? Jordan's coming back. I think... This is his way of having been wrong in the past. But he's like, no, I'm not I'm not wrong. We're just gonna relive those yeah. years later on and then I'll be right. Yeah, it's it just it was happening in a different time. Uh Archangel Michael was the original victim of cancel culture. That's on page 67. <laughs> he keeps bringing keeps bringing this up. Uh, they canceled an angel. Uh, COVID is a world-collapsing disaster that we need to wake up and initiate the masses of the sheeple. But what about those who took the mark of the beast? Oh, no. Quote, and Michael has an amazing ace up his sleeve for everyone who did take the shots and can hang on just a little bit longer. More on that later. It is quite extraordinary. You got the mark of the beast. Uh, I did twice. Bill Clinton getting his dick sucked prevented California from oh, falling into the ocean. That, this was fantastic. It was a... This was a marvelous rationalization for why the left needed to forgive Donald Trump. And, yeah. And it was like, no, you don't understand. There were two events. The world was going to end. One was could Republicans forgive uh, Bill Clinton for getting his dick sucked? Uh -huh. And if they didn't, California was going to fall into the ocean. Well, which is like, that is. A South Park premise. This, this is how he puts it. So angels operate at levels beyond our comprehension, and we were unwittingly given two tests of mass forgiveness, as he calls them, uh, in order to see if we would be able to transition into being fourth density beings. The first, as he said, was uh, we, we got to forgive old Slick Bill for getting his dick sucked. Yeah. And then the second is forgiving Trump. Yeah. Uh, literally, if too many people in California had failed to forgive Clinton during the Lewinsky scandal, they would have destabilized the San Andreas Fault. Yeah. Like, he doesn't what, explain how. What a fucking premise. Look, if if you don't forgive the president for, giving, for getting his dick sucked, California's going to fall into the fucking ocean. How many times has he predicted just California, like a Twix bar, just snapping off the continental United States and falling into the ocean? I mean, it's a popular trope. People hate California. Uh, David does share an anecdote where Casey apparently got suckered into channeling some evil entities because yeah. he uh, let his detractors get to him. Yeah, this was the one where where Casey was like, I predict 
that we're going to murder all my enemies. This is the reason why David stopped channeling after the year 2000. He got suckered into online forums where people were like talking shit about him. And due to that frustration uh, and the way he feels about those haters, he knew it could fuck up his readings. Oh, he could get demonic forces because he was angry. I think this is kind of why he decided to go off and be in his cabin is to avoid the demonic forces. Yes, is he could avoid But he reads them in the comments. He does. He watches he does. our videos. The 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 issue of course is yes, with the internet you don't actually have to physically be there to hear the detractors. Yeah, the demon be, the demons are everywhere. We can be pi piped right right into your ears yeah. with the, the convenience of the internet. Uh Backtracking to the end of the world, David posits that there is indeed a fate worse than death. This fate is, quote, being tricked into modifying our bodies in such a way that we become largely incapable oh, yeah. of stopping ourselves from committing acts of evil upon others. Uh, yeah, his, his anti-Neuralink rant. Not in the way we assumed. He specifically lists us becoming uh, the Terminator or X-Men or my uh, my personal favorite phrase he included here is quote the very upsetting film Hulk. We could, we <laughs> oh could yeah, I'm like one of those Yo, people. Oh hold on, his Hulk diatribe is hilarious. The Hulk, first of all, Hulk is like the one movie from the MCU that they're just like, yeah, we're not gonna we're gonna pretend this never happened. And uh, David loves that movie, and he's like, you know, in the Hulk when like the father just starts becoming everything around him. And then the Hulk has to kill him. And it's like, what? <laughs> why did the Hulk affect you so much, David? It was a shitty movie. David's movie corners are, are always fun to read. It doesn't, I don't really track why he's upset. The idea of becoming like an X-Men or, or like the Hulk where we get these superpowers. Well, for some reason he thinks you're going to get the Neuralink and they're going to be like telling you to go kill people. I guess that's it. Is he feels we're going to yeah. get those powers, but we're going to be programmed yeah. evilly. You're going to have X-Men powers, but you'll be killing people. Right. Which he's... is weird, though. It's weird for the space dudes to be anti-transhumanism like trans -humanism, this hardcore. Like, if you were going to be like, I want to see it tested first, yeah. okay. But to be like, no, they're going to have you murdering people through that chip. Because he, he's still kind of pushing the angle, we will get superpowers. It's just... Yeah, but they're meditation superpowers. Right. I think... I, I guess maybe his point of contention here is we're supposed to get our superpowers from elevating to fourth density, not uh, via neural. Yeah, we can't be cheating the system. That concludes preface number three, which of course means we I, move on to preface number four. I might. I really wanted to do a select reading of some of the the preface stuff because it's all so insane that it would make a fun little like. That might not be a bad little table read, but I'd have yeah. to, we'd have to pick chunks. Cause like, obviously like the chunk about the Hulk, I would 1000% do the yeah. girly one that we're going to get to like 1000%. Yeah, Office, author's preface part four. Uh, quote, Michael reveals that an energetic shift is coming to our planet that will activate your higher abilities, ultimately including levitation, telekinesis, and materialization. I... So again, he keeps you're just going to be fucking able, superpowers. You're going to be able to materialize things. Amber Heard was possibly hypnotized to become an agent of destruction against Johnny Depp. Hell yeah, dude. I love culture war fucking David. It's, I, I wish that's what he would turn to. Can I get lifestyle and culture war David? He latches on to very bizarre pop culture things. Yeah. And, and 
Well, it's vaguely right wing. I know yeah. where he's getting it from. But then as the book goes on, like one of the most important things he talks about is the uh, Lady Di dying. That comes up over and Lady over again. Di- you mean Princess Diana? Princess, yes, I'm sorry. Princess Diana dying comes up 50 times throughout the book. She, what is she, British JFK? We'll get to it. God is the shape of an amplitude hedron, which uh, kind of is just... For those who want to know, if you picture, David loves weird geometry shit. It's fucking dumb. If you imagine if you were looking at a pyramid from like a helicopter view, and then yeah. you folded down two of the sides so they were like sticking out, that's the shape of an amplitude hedron, and that's what God looks like, apparently. Yeah, yeah David loves weird geometry. Uh, Hannibal, the guy who crossed the Alps on elephants, he was also Hitler. Hannibal? Yeah, yeah. The the guy who crossed the Alps. He was Hitler, oh, too. Oh, I thought you meant the serial killer. No, no. not Also not Hannibal Burris. Oh, okay. So we got three Hitlers. We got Hitler number one, we got Pontius Pilate, and we got Hannibal. Well, that's... Hitler really sh- should probably not be allowed to reincarnate. Yeah, what... Now, I question the system here. The the issue... We need to secure our reincarnation borders. <laughs> we got to build a, a fifth density wall. Yeah. You would think, because you do have to, like, reincarnate to work off the karma. Yeah, shouldn't he be, like, getting butt-fucked in some but, <laughs> shithole country? But he keeps coming back as, like, a relatively powerful person in yeah, this. Yeah, I think there's a glitch. Uh, where was... Oh, David, uh, his grandfather was the chief architect and lawyer for the New York subway system, and David's pretty pissed that he doesn't still get royalties from this. That's about, yeah, that was a good one, too. One, because it was a very odd, like, that should be very easily verifiable, actually. Which, yeah, he says some so, other guy stole the credit. Yeah, so which it's is, obviously it, not, because yeah, that's just a, not true. That's a very complex thing to have done. But uh, along those lines, what kind of what kind of royalties would you get from designing a sub subway? Does he want, every like, time 10% you, of a token? Every time someone uses a subway, I want 1%. Uh, yeah, I, I got to eat off subways. We now jump to our favorite part of Awakening in the Dream, the Pyramid Inch. Hell uh, yeah, dude. He cannot let this shit go. David says that uh, the pyramid has a well-encoded architectural timeline where one inch equals one year. Uh, we we covered that very extensively in Awakening in the Dream. It's, I'd love to get one of the Egyptologists on and be like, all right, let me tell you about this story. Someone has like, <laughs> you mean he is saying this one, this one inch equals how many years? This is this is the stupidest well theory we have ever heard. The thing with that theory is one inch equals one year, except where it doesn't align with his yeah, theory, then and then you, you change go, the measurements, or you change the direction. <laughs> Which really, you should realize that when you have the, to create the, all these workarounds. It's not really a solid theory. Yeah, and this was the difficulty of that book. That pyramid inch chapter almost killed me. Ooh, Nostradamus predicting COVID. Uh, let me read these these passages. United will be the kingdom of the rabid, who will counterfeit wisdom, and the town, cities, realms, and provinces who had forsaken their old customs to free themselves. Will uh, Nostradamus also says, will start to strike to the left to return to the right and restore holiness. And now, go ahead. The, the way this is translated, uh, the kingdom of the rabid, rabies is a virus, counterfeiting wisdom means trust the science, uh, the, the town cities and realms who forsook all their customs, that's lockdown. Uh-huh. And then this whole striking at the left to return to the right is us fighting against woke culture. It'd be funny if it was like, 
And don't ye order the bat soup from the Chinese restaurant. No goddamn pangolins. Ere you risk the wrath of Dr. Fauci. We now uh, we now move on to the final preface, author's preface, part five. Oh, we got to go back and read Gurley's part at, at some point. We'll do the we table can, read after this. Yeah, we, we can find the, it. The part about Gurley was unhinged. It's, that it's was all one, unhinged. That was the one where it was unhinged because he literally call literally calls her a terrorist. It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, let's get through this, and yeah, we can close with uh, I'll find that passage in the book. The Exorcist is about Archangel Michael, which again the ego thing that indirectly means it's also about David. Yeah, hell he's, yeah, he's, dude! He's, they wrote that movie about me. He's found a new way to take credit for things. He brags, but it's third party bragging. Yeah. Where it's like, I am... He's bragging by proxy. Right. Instead of a proxy war, he's got proxy bragging. Well, because he's responsible for the subways by way of his grandfather. Yeah. He's responsible wasn't for... It, wasn't anchor. his great-grandfather like the dude who started the Navy? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Dave, Wait, isn't that the same guy? Maybe. He did both. He's a very industrious man. He comes from a long line of uh, habitual liars. <laughs> just, just narcissistic liars. That would liars. be funny if it was just at a Wilcock family gathering. You know, yeah. all the everybody gets in town, and it's just a bunch of liars telling bullshit to each <laughs> other. just exaggerating. It's just great granddad's like, yeah, you remember the time when I started in the Navy back in 1904? <laughs> like, granddad, you were literally not alive then. Oh, you started the Navy? Uh, yeah. I actually yeah. invented the subway. Oh, yeah, I did the subway. Oh, yeah, well, I was on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> I, not only did he invent the subway, he was the yeah. lawyer. So yeah. so he was the architect and the lawyer for, for the subway. Yeah, I, I was the first one to hire a black. This, uh, oh, The Exorcist being about Archangel Michael, this is proven by the fact that the people who made the movie may or may not have been vaguely aware that Edgar Casey existed. There's What nothing, does that even mean? There's nothing to indicate they were, but Look, the, exor the Exorcist people might have known Edgar Casey was a person. That's literally the and entirety. And that's all I have to say about that. That's the entirety of the, the evidence he presents, is the yeah. guy might have known about Edgar Casey See, this at the is, time he made it. This is why when you have like an actual agent, you know, you work with a real publishing house, they have editors because they'll go and they'll see that sentence. And they'll go, all right, let's flesh this out a little bit. And they'll help you flesh that out. And, and then it'll make sense, and it'll be nice and smooth. As suspected, this book was, of course, not run through a publishing house. It's, no, he will no, he will no longer get... The company that published this is called, like, Last Minute Prophecy or some shit. It's, it's clearly almost, a David. I'm almost positive he had to start this company. Oh, it's it's 100% got to be yeah. him. I, like, I can't imagine it being like someone Joseph else. Like Joseph Smith, he had to start his own printing press if he was going to print this shit. Amber Heard is a literal psychopath. Also, <laughs> you get the, the partial the partial uh, way she can get out of this is she may have been hypnotized. I love how much he goes all in on the fuck because some of the people I know that are big YouTubers uh, were part of would cover the Amber Heard Johnny Depp shit, and they were all very anti Amber Heard. And it's just very funny to hear him being like, yeah, Amber heard that cunt tried to fucking ruin old Johnny's career. It's like, I know where you're getting these talking points from, and it's funny that you're watching that shit. Yes, and according to him, this trial was a seminal event. Well, actually, I'm sorry, not according to him. It's according to Michael. No, a seminal event. All the <laughs> David's just doing cum tributes to trial over photos. It. He... Uh, 
everything, I guess we, we should really emphasize that point is everything in this book is derived from Michael. It's not, yeah, it's not David. Remember it's Michael, I Archangel believe, Michael. I believe as he says early on, he is but a middleman. Correct. He, yeah. he is that's his whole, a vessel. That's his whole cop out is like, look, if I anger you, if this angers you, I'm just the middleman. Don't don't get mad at me. All right. The reason why this trial was so important is Johnny Depp wouldn't leave his abusive relationship, which shows people can be conditioned to accept abuse. If Johnny Depp was willing to accept abuse, that means the whole planet can become addicted to COVID fear mongering. So Johnny was the last stand we had against these tyrants. Quote, if Johnny had fallen, we'd all be fucked. He, That'd be a great plot for the new uh, fucking Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's like, can Captain Jack Sparrow manage to hold not on? Not get canceled. Yeah, not get canceled for the sake of humanity? Probably not. Quote, becoming a perpetrator and abusing others causes you to vividly relive your own abuse memories and get high from it in what therapists call trauma recall. I can get high off this shit? He does say being a dick is the same as getting shot up with morphine as someone who's done both. No. No, no, it's not. Morphine is way better. Well, I don't know. Ending his marriage felt pretty good. It, it was fun. Look, we've had some moments that felt like it's not as good as morphine, clearly. Opiates always win. But in terms of a natural high, that's that's pretty much tops. Being a bully is a lot of fun. Well, seeing it pay off. Seeing uh, it truly ruin someone. David uh, presents a bit of like his psychological theories. That's important to remember, too, is really he's an expert in everything. Well, don't forget, David took one psychology class in college. Yes, 30 years ago. And yeah. He's still an expert. An expert. Good enough to develop his own theories on disorders. All psychopaths have dissociative identity disorder, says David. The two personalities are the normal one and the angry one. He calls the angry one the rage child. So all that's interesting because I happen to be re-listening to uh, the Stranger Beside Me, which is the Anne Rule's Ted Bundy book, right? And that was a theory that they worked with with Ted is that maybe there were two of him, but in reality, it was just Ted being, you know, the front he had to be, and then the psychopathic, right? You know, murderer who raped dead corpses. Yes, it was just him pretending to be a certain way yeah. to get along in society so he could go do what he actually loved. Well, I'm I'm not positive this is it, but he, he named uh his dark side like like the darkness or some some weird the demon right. or some shit like that. It's like in Dexter he calls yeah. it the dark passenger. But yeah, the yeah, the dark exactly. But really it's just they like having cool nicknames for when they kill. People not adjusted to controlling their rage child will quote happily torture and murder someone. In uh, this state, they, they become retarded, basically, and their body floods with morphine as they're torturing and killing. David has an issue understanding that just because... He meant adrenaline, right? No, no, no. He, he is very clear on this. He means, like, literal morphine. He thinks... You'd nod off. You would. In David's mind, he somehow thinks that, uh, like, any Clearly. receptor triggering is literally morphine in your brain being released. That would make sense. And that, that and he's definitely never done morphine. The poison fantasy, morphine would actually definitely help him at this point. He, he might need to be sedated a bit. I mean, kind of. I don't know what helps this, to be honest with you. If my ultimate theory of there's, why David has gone delusional is true, there's no helping him. He's I don't gone. think there's a pharmacological you know, Intervention. An answer to this. The poison fantasy is actually the ultimate game for a psychopath, to lie to your face while secretly watching you die for material they are feeding you. This is his the, the crux of his argument. Is he talking about the food? 
vaccine. Uh-oh. The the crux of his argument for the vaccine is basically the world is run by these these poison f- uh, fantasy psychopaths, and the vaccine was a way they could all watch us suffer so they could enjoy their psychopathic fantasies. I thought he meant like microplastics reducing our test uh, testosterone and sperm. No, no, everything <laughs> everything is very little. Uh-oh. They're coming for our cum. Update on uh, Stavati. Archangel oh. Michael made him invest in the company. I, maybe oh, Archangel hell Michael. Yeah. That's going to be awesome when he goes to file bankruptcy. It's like, look, I got bad advice from the Archangel Michael, Your Honor. <laughs> look, you're going to have to let me off. I, I trusted him. He said he worked with God. You, you should probably not take your investment advice from the voice in your head. Well, if you think it's the Archangel. That is the problem now, Michael, with all this. Michael was a soldier, not an accountant. Or a stock trader, right, so... Right, In fact, the stock market didn't exist when yeah, he was around. He's it not, wasn't a thing for a long time. He's not an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's got to be really difficult for him to deal with the fact that... It's he failing? Well, he keeps channeling all these aliens, and now it's the fucking, basically, the voice of God. Yeah, his right-hand man. He keeps being wrong, just over and over again. Well, I mean, look, a normal human being would have picked up on that. What we're dealing with here is extraordinary. A bit of his ego does slip through on this part. Quote, you might still decide that you don't like me, but I'll bet you want a hover car. All right, that's a pretty good tagline, honestly. That should be like the company motto. Like, hey, I bet you don't fucking like me, but you also probably want this car. Yeah, for for no reason, a car that hovers. You don't like me? I bet you like this hover car, bitch. He, uh, David says he's been getting tons of prophecies about his destiny in aerospace, but he's not going to tell us about those. I don't know why he's not going to tell us. Well, he has to make sure the car works. Pete Peterson introduced David to the CEO of Stavati, Chris Besker, and that makes all the sense in the world. That makes a ton of sense. Now, I thought uh, David was like a CEO, or is he just an investor? Uh, he, fuck, what's his made-up title? His title is like... Uh, director of super cool technology or some super shit. Super fucking stupid retard. And uh, that's it on Stavati for the time being. Uh, what is Archangel Michael? So this this is it's nice of him to address that at this point. Remember, we have still not reached chapter one of the yeah. book. This is still the author's preface. Archangel Michael. He exists normally as a ball of light, but he can project into human form. He okay. appears throughout time and space whenever help is needed, kind of like Superman, I guess. All right, all right. He was at... <laughs> I forgot some of this. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I read this a while ago. So I, I, He was at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, <laughs> he's, also, uh, he's also Valiant Thor for some reason. I don't know why. He's multiple myths? Oh, he's, he's almost every myth. He's okay. like Joan of Arc. He's Valiant Thor. He's, well, he's at Joan the Declaration of, Arc, of Independence. Joan of Arc was a woman. Was no, he no, cross-dressing? That was, that was Archangel Michael. He gets onto this later, too. Gender, I guess, ceases to matter at these higher densities. Oh, because Joan of Arc was a woman. That's why they burned her at the stake. She was indeed a woman. Yes, yeah. that's kind of the, the reason why her story is famous. Archangel Michael's not a woman. Did he just or dress? In, is he? Did he just dress in drag? Was he a trap? <laughs> yes, he was. He was a he, very Archangel a Michael. Femboy. He had a sissy period. Valiant Thor, uh, who of course David says landed his uh, flying disc near the Pentagon, nineteen fifty-seven, and then uh, he also he worked with Albert Einstein for three years after that. 
Valiant Thor? Yes, who's also Archangel Michael, who in turn <laughs> is basically David Wilcock. Well, that kind of ruins Albert Einstein's reputation. Uh, he, David then goes on to describe the AI menace, which are the dark forces we have to abide, uh, who have to abide by the rule that they must constantly <laughs> reveal themselves to us. The AI menace? It was an artificial yes. intelligence? Yes, yes. The AI menace that's going to kill us all. It's insane that this man went from talking about, you know, secret space bunkers underneath the surface of the earth and this insane technology to like, we better watch out for this fucking AI. It's going to, these transhumanists over here trying to put the <laughs> internet in your brain. If anything, these, these, all these prefaces really just indicate how fractured his mind is. Cause I, I know it sounds like we're bouncing around a lot to a bunch of different topics, but this is literally how it's presented in the book. That's how his mind works. But, yeah. but we've covered, I mean, <clears throat> The Virgin Mary showed up. Uh, we talked about the turkeys and him being turkey Christ. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even get into and the then, full. We can do the full chapter on uh, his animal interactions because they're nuts. Uh, oh, some uh, <laughs> some pre-reincarnations of the AI menace. You got Hal from Space Odyssey. You got Darth Vader. Uh, the Borg, the Matrix, uh, the Matrix, Wait, are and these, Cylons. Are these like examples of it? Or yes. The, oh, okay. I yes. thought he meant these were literal manifestations. Oh, like, no, no, no. I think they are. I think they are literal manis manifestations. Because they were in a movie? Well, because, so the elite constantly, they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Who was Darth Vader? I don't know, Satan, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know, and I don't think he does either. Uh, it's in, unimportant, I guess. <laughs> it's not important who's going to come and end the world. Look, it doesn't matter who Darth Vader is. He's Darth Vader. David's telekinesis comes up Hell next. Hell yeah, dude. This one time, um, he was he was looking at his uh, computer screen, and it scrolled. Sick, dude. He's telekinetic. That's pretty crazy Even sign. more alarming, though, he follows that up with, quote, this was so freakish and scary that it caused me to cry for over 10 minutes. <laughs> I... <laughs> He's got to be one of the quickest criers of all time. Ten minutes over flicking. Over, over looking at your yeah. computer screen and the screen moves. Yeah, because like, there's no way you hit it with your elbow. I, I, I really want everyone to try and recall that throughout this entire process. Is we're, we're diving into the head of a man who is tremendously unwell. Look, he's, he's doing really poorly. Look, the, that mouse moving, <clears throat> the screen moving... That was probably a five-second event. He cried for 10 minutes. Yeah. Think of the ratio from experience right. to crime. <laughs> yes. If he goes through anything that lasts an hour, he's going to be crying for a month. That is like stubbing your toe and still talking about it a week later. Yeah, which he's done before. Other examples of his telekinetic events are him hearing loud pops at his fucking cabin in the woods. Yeah, Doc, you live in the woods. I bet you hear some weird shit on the reg. Which is why he thinks he's so telekinetic. Because he's actually sensing it? He's not even hearing it? No, no, it's even crazier. I believe he's causing those to happen. Oh, he's causing explosions with his mind in the woods? Correct. He's also the one who caused his computer screen to scroll. He he has... Okay, he's rolling, thundering the, the Colorado hills? Yes, he has. David is telekinetic. And he kind of hints at maybe being able to levitate. Hell yeah. Magneto, that's actually David. Oh, right. Here's So uh, we are dealing with a fifth density being. I, I kind of already went over this. Third density is us. Fourth density 
is a floating conscience, and fifth density is that same floating conscience, but it can re-enter physical form. Okay. So you you lose the need for a body in fourth, and then in fifth you can retake that body form to teach to others. I guess. All right. That makes sense, I guess. And we'll conclude these prefaces. Uh, these, I have some, I don't know why I wrote these down. Notes before beginning. Um, if what we read sounds like nonsense, we have to, oh, these are his notes to us before beginning. That's right. <laughs> if what we read sounds like nonsense, we have to reread it because Michael is actually teaching us to think in multidimensional consciousness. Most of what or... we're reading has had the personal information weeded out, but sometimes we're going to have to read elements of one of David's dreams. Sometimes Michael says evil shit, but it's not actually him saying it. He's saying the thoughts of evil people. And most importantly, Michael has forbidden David from acting like he's special. Sick, dude. Which is, which is why we see him continuously trying to reel in his ego. David, or I'll just say this, Michael didn't do a very good job at that. He, David's uh, ego spun wildly out of control. He leaves something to be desired. Now, why uh, why don't we briefly pause? I will find the find section in the section? book with right. uh, Gurley, and we can end on that. I'm going to re-up, too. It's now time for a select reading from the yes. Michael Prophecies by David Wilcock yes. and the Archangel Michael and St. Lucia. Yes. Now, this, I, this was my favorite part. I don't know about you. It was pretty great. I did I did laugh when uh, when I was going through this section. This was actually the first part where I was trying to read it, and I was like, I I think he's trying to be funny. Like I think I think I he think, was trying to be humorous. I think in his mind with this, he thought he was being funny, but what he was actually being was incredibly unhinged. the The problem is he's gone so cuckoo nutso that it's hard to draw the line yes yourself like where and, crazy and funny and remember Gurley is the only living creature that apparently can tolerate david wilcox outside of the turkeys he is their god for and, now and he was the god of the chipmunks until they all disappeared gonna, for the winter they're gonna get sentient and then realize he's fucking stupid it's, it's very funny. I didn't put together that he he built himself up, uh, himself up all year to be the like god of all these animals that hibernate, so they yeah. just disappeared around the holidays, yeah. which must have fucked with his head. Oh, absolutely. He's they just sitting all up abandoned there. me. <laughs> he's, he's just sitting in his cabin alone, thinking that every time the wood pops, it's him being fucking telekinetic. I thought we had something special. All right. Well, uh, you you will read this. I will. Uh, we got it up on screen. Everyone can enjoy the yes. absolutely terrible formatting of the book. But was this your favorite part of the the not the whole book? But I'll just say of the prefaces because this was definitely mine because it is it confirmed one of the things we had said, which is that Gurley had definitely eaten one of his his compatriots. Right. And. She was apparently almost always trying to eat them. Yes, this was, uh, I, I will say in terms of my favorite parts of the beginning, this, this is definitely among them, mainly because it was really the first thing that kind of gave me an idea of what I was getting myself self into in yeah. that, like, this really, realistically, this has, like, nothing to do no, with what he's no. trying to, it's just there to be there. This is when I realized, like, oh, this is going to be a fascinating yes. insight into the mind of someone who's gone insane. The fact that he felt the need to include 
all this in the book is why it was so interesting oh, to and me. the way he describes her right is just it's beautiful it's well, fantastic let's uh let's get into it yes all right my year of silent meditation has also been greatly informed by walking my dog Gurley, a warlike and huge shepherd melanois mix at least twice a day by necessity uh this is the same animal you see fighting wars with the military and traveling with police in a canine unit. They look like German shepherds, but with shorter hair. They have a black nose and mouth, pointy wolf-like ears, and a coat that is some mixture of brown, tan, red, and black. Gurley is 75 pounds of pure muscle. These dogs are specifically bred for, quote, high drive, which means they are much more wild than domestic dogs. They are essentially, quote, programmable wolves. I don't entirely know what that means, programmable wolves. I, I don't know. I, well, I mean, he thinks Wolves he that can, listen, I guess? Yes, but it, we've seen his, do his dog kind of looks like a golden retriever. I'm pretty sure it's a golden retriever <laughs> or, a go or like a lab. Yeah, it doesn't look like a wolf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. This is how Gurley was able to run off with three timber wolves last Thanksgiving and returned completely unharmed, grinning ear to ear. I also have friends around here who have pure-blooded wolves as pets. Pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, I don't think you can. Uh, the stories of what they deal with are precisely the same insanity that Gurley puts me through. Let me let me interject here just to say this is another classic example of what David does, which is someone else, if, if someone really does have a wolf as a pet that is, that's fucking insane, he attempts to diminish their accomplishments yeah. by putting himself on that same pedestal yeah. by saying, me having a golden retriever is kind of the exact same as you raising a wolf. So I yeah. know the struggle. Yeah. I look, know what it's like. Look, you have a wolf. My dog acts like a wolf. It's the same thing. Same fucking thing. Yeah, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, the bottom line is this. If you have a wolf, you have to dominate the wolf. Otherwise, the wolf will kill anything that runs, flies, crawls, or swims around you. And that's bad. Unless you are hunting for food. I don't think David's ever hunted for food. Absolutely not. Uh, Gurley, unfortunately, has an incredibly vast skill set of obsolete talents. Like Much murder. Much like her owner. Like murder, <laughs> harassment, and sheep herding. Because those all go together. And longs to practice what she is good at. After seeing and living through this on a daily basis, I have no interest in activating the, quote, identical portions of my DNA that I share with Gurley. Gurley showed up at my house to be rescued as a young adult in March 2013. After 10 days, I began feeding her, and she decided to stay with me, unlike everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I let her go in and out as she chose at first, since she was a creature from the wild. Do you think he, he's writing this passage... Kind of as an homage to Gurley. It almost actually... Purely because it's the one thing that hasn't abandoned him. That, but it almost sounds a little spiteful to me. That he's uh, maybe not a huge fan of Gurley anymore? No, that she's just, she's very... Uh, or that Gurley has talents and he has none. That, and that Gurley's like, you know, not going along with the plan. She's independent. Oh, okay. I see yeah. what you're getting. Yes, he's yeah. been able to, he's he's been able to tame and and become lord of uh, yeah. various other wildlife animals, but Gurley eludes him. Yeah, this dog is just walking all over him. <laughs> uh, let's see. It continues on. Her nat her quote natural instinct 
is incredibly violent. Gurley began taking on entire packs of coyotes who murder pets in the mountains of L.A. I, I do like the idea of like a dog fight club. <laughs> and it's just like wolves, fucking random breeds of dogs showing up to just duke it out. It's like the old PlayStation game, Bloody yeah. Roar. This is his ability to take nothing and turn it into this grand fantasy in his he's mind. A, he's a wordsmith. And then from that, we have to suffer through it in his book. He turned Gurley, like, I guess, maybe one day killing a squirrel into like, oh my God, I have this murderous wolf as a pet. He devoted eight pages of his book to taking his dog on a walk. He's breaking down the psychology of his dog. It's well, like he David, took a psychology class once, like, so he's an expert. Well, it's like, David, do you know why dogs and humans get along well? Dogs are retarded like humans are. They just care about food, taking a nap, and, you know, going to shit somewhere. That's it. That's yeah. why we get along. There's not uh, greater psychological burdens. No. Not only did she always come back alive, she once <laughs> brought me so. this, She once brought me a severed coyote head. That was when, when I read this, I was like, oh, my God, he's gone. I was like... His his fucking dog is yeah. the mo- is a mob boss now. I don't know if his dog is the one who did the decapitating. I guess so. He That's what he's is, implying. He's, he's kind of indicating that, that he's implying that Gurley went and murdered this fucking coyote and brought his head back as a like a present to David. I guess. I think it says more that an animal that lives with David just has a a inconsolable desire to to murder. Do you think this is just how they like they get they they you know get the stress out of living with David? If I lived with David, I would probably also be driven to acts of insane violence. Just murderous, a yes. murderous dog. I have the pic. That, oh, this is one of my favorite lines too. <laughs> I have the pictures, but that's not the type of book you're reading today. Gurley was very proud of herself, buried the head in the dirt, and then would dig it up just to eat on it. Take it away from your fucking dog. Stop letting it eat a wild animal. I love so much that he's like, oh, I, yeah, I definitely took pictures. <laughs> but I'm not showing those right now. They're horrific. Yes, I have. Because <laughs> that's just a very funny thing to be outright like, of, all right, of course I took pictures. We all would have taken yes, pictures. Yes, that his dog decapitated a coyote yeah. and breaks out the Polaroid. Like, of course I took them. Uh, let's see. Uh I could only let this spectacle go on for about a month, and then, well... So long. And then, well, yeah, let's just say her magic coyote head mysteriously vanished. In practical terms, I now have an animal who loves creating murder and other violent atrocities and is constantly looking for ways to do it. He lives with a war criminal. His dog is evil, dude. His he, dog's fucking Dick Cheney. Yeah, just out there committing <laughs> mass war crimes. What an insane way to describe your dog. It's uh, a, it's bonkers, dude. Like, it's fucking bonkers. His dog is a terrorist and a murderer. It's a, must, be, must be brought to justice. This may be what you want if you were fighting a war. But it can be who fought a war with dogs, honestly. What the Indians? I yes, not in the last thousand years. Yeah. I, I sincerely doubt we use them that frequently. This is in fucking medieval times. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, and her tail wags as she does it. Oh no, this may be what you want, for, but it'd be quite exhausting to on daily walks with a being who is constantly obsessed with generating terrorism. 
Someone Photoshop a turban onto Gurley. <laughs> that isn't, once again, that is a batshit way to describe his dog is a terrorist. But that's why I kept reading this section. I was like, is he fucking around? But if he's fucking around, why does he include this? Yes. I guess even if he, that. either way, why is he including yeah, this? Yeah, even if this is like mean something, why are you putting it in? I, I don't really think there's a valid reason to do it other than to fill pages now like a cartoon that's like you know girly the terrorist dog yeah <laughs> that could be funny honestly uh let's see and her tail wags as she does it because she loves you know terrorism yep she simply loves violence aggression and dominance the shepherd in her also means she tries to push me around and get her way. I love the idea of a bullied. dog, a dog trying to punk David. Every every animal makes him a bitch. All of my most basic rules need to be constantly defended. Gurley is always testing me, or just waiting for me to be distracted so she can try to kill another critter. Thankfully, she's fine with people, but everything else is prey to Gurley. Sometimes I can appreciate the comedy of watching this cute-looking animal constantly concocting half-baked schemes to commit horrific acts of murder and torture. He, he You know what it is? He's, he's made his dog like a Coyote vs. Roadrunner. I, I think he's gone so insane out in the wilderness that he's basically made everything else a form of entertainment. So to yeah. him... Well, girly is now uh, girly coyote, or she's like a she's like a murderer who likes to torture her victims before she kills them. I guess maybe is that why he brought this up? That whole part about how the the world is run by psychopaths who just want to watch us suffer. And uh, now his dog is one of those psychopaths, or that, or he's implying that they're tapping into a lower frequency. Oh, it could be that. These, but I've never. But dogs don't torture their prey. Like there not are typically. Some, there are some animals that will, but dogs don't usually do that. No, it's not like biting off one finger at a time like yeah. it's trying to get information. Yeah. Uh let's see. On the the morning of my final pass before Thanksgiving, Gurley almost bit down on a good sized gray rabbit who was parked right where she takes her morning pee. He was dark gray and perfectly <laughs> camouflaged. I just thought I was looking at sticks on the ground. And so one of those sticks got up and made a run for it. The bunny sat there staring at Gurley in disbelief, trusting his disguise, and did not actually get the idea to run until her jaws were literally four inches from his body. The bite radius was literally larger than his entire body, just a tornado of death, and yet he stayed in freeze mode until the very, very last second. Uh, that's, that's the first part that I wanted to read. Another uh, a moving passage from David Wilcock. It's just, yeah. It's, it's a book, again, I, I want to keep going back. to The book is called The Michael Prophecies, and it's supposed to be about how between 1996 to 1998, he predicted the future we're living in now. And we get an entire section on the murderous tendencies of his dog of questionable origin. Who's his only companion in this world? If he loses his dog, I fear what would happen. He he's only he's got the turkeys, the squirrels, and his dog. Do you think do you think he's so narcissistic that he has to b put blame on whoever else he's working with 
even if it's just a dog now that his <laughs> wife is gone. Yeah. Now he has to be like, girly, you fucked up the camera change. <laughs> the same way. God yeah, damn it. The same way she was constantly yeah. ruining everything. Yeah, girly now, put his microphone now, on wrong. Now girly has to take that. It's yeah. like this fucking demonic terrorist dog is fucking everything up for me. I hope girly leads the meditations at the end of his <laughs> new videos. <laughs> Just five hours of piss hair David doing doing his lecture and it just cuts to an image of a golden retriever next to a Tibetan singing bowl. I, I do think this means we have to be getting a video soon. I he think needs, so. Because he's going to need to advertise the book. I pray for it daily. Well, we're advertising the book. That's our purpose. We're supposed to that, get well, everyone to go buy it. That's what we're, we're helping. We're doing it for free. Yeah, everyone should go buy this book because it is fucking nuts. You, you really should go yeah. enjoy it. All right, now this is a this shorter segment, but I love this one because it just comes up in the middle of him talking about cults. Uh. It's titled, <laughs> Cults Are Used to Control the People. Gurley is constantly trying to groom me to let her seize more power <laughs> so, she can, so she can commit more acts of murder against anything that runs, swims, flies, or crawls. This is her own form of cult propaganda and brainwashing. I don't fall for it. Simply <laughs> He's put, too smart to be yeah, tricked by I a dog. I don't fall for it. Simply put, I'm at a higher level of evolution, and my morality wins out over her violence. Cults appeal to your feelings of personal guilt, just like the girly. Why would I want to deny her such pleasures? Come on, Dad. Do we really need this one little squirrel? Yes, the, they worship me. The, <laughs> they're my followers. <laughs> The cult comes in and guarantees your safety, but only if you stay fiercely loyal to them. Otherwise, they tell you God will condemn you to perpetual torture. Kind of like what David does throughout the rest of this book. Don't get me wrong. Hell is actually very real. We have an entire section on it in this volume. Our thought projections have positive and negative domains alike. The main thing society messed up about it is that hell is not eternal. And that's... The craziest thing I've ever heard someone say about their dog. Yes. His yes. dog is a murderous terrorist that loves to torture its victims. And, and is try, it constantly trying to plan some sort of coup against David. And, and is habit. trying to groom David to basically, I guess... Gurley wants to usurp power. Yeah, well, she wants to groom David into letting her just murder all the animals. Gurley's out here like... Hey, you stupid fuck, stop yeah. feeding these losers. Let me eat them. Because I believe he does mention at one point that she's eaten them before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she got her hands on a, a squirrel or two. I'd give anything, anything, for David to have recorded himself <laughs> after Gurley murdered one of the turkeys. One of, one of his followers. Just one of his... David bawling. <laughs> At the corpse of this fucking <laughs> forest critter. It's like Tom Hanks and Castaway just oh, yelling. I just, just, yeah, just screaming because he's in the middle of nowhere, just screaming like Ashton Kutcher yeah. in that fucking movie. <laughs> the Steve Jobs ah! movie. You do have to imagine if his, uh, if his fucking MacBook screen scrolling caused him to cry in the closet for 10 minutes. Right. How, the death of, of a, a original apostle of his. Yeah, especially if it was one that he liked. Yeah. He does have favorite turkeys. Oh, of course he does. He's a narcissist. It's fucking wild. Look, <laughs> everyone, we didn't get to chapter one. This this is all prior. The book has not even started yet. This was all the information David, for God knows what reason, saw fit 
to make sure we read before we could start the Bible prophecies. Yeah, this, again, just let that sink in. This was the prelude. Yes, chapter one. I've not read a single word of chapter one. Yeah, this is a prelude. I want Now, I do wonder if he wrote all of this because of the response to some of those videos. Because we, we, you can kind of see the, the timeline right. of his preface. I don't think he meant it to be longer than one part. Well, he keeps I think coming he just, back to it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think he just kept reading more things and was like, well, fuck, now i got to talk about this. And then that just ended up getting to five. It It's basically 130-something pages of his journal in present time, where he's he's writing, like, blog posts except, and just saw it, fit to include them in the book. Except his journal has turned into, like, two-sentence phrases that are just separated on the page. Yeah, I mean, no, go, go full screen on this, and I, I will zoom out a bit here. There's this no. Is, this is the way the entire book is formatted. It's these weird. This couplets. is how I used to like format outlines. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. The entire goddamn thing. Well, it's not. This isn't a format they teach you to use, and with good reason. It, it really, unless. All right, hold on. This could be a very narcissistic David thing. Do you think all those spaces between the lines are supposed to be so we can annotate the readings as we go through them? Uh, no, I think David just wanted to make it as long as he just needed it to be 555 pages. <laughs> it really That's is. That's literally all that mattered to him. David's a simple man. It would be fun. Hold on. Let me see if I can do this. I want to copy this entire book and then paste it into, oh, it's not going to let me copy it, is it? I was going to say, I want to I want to copy and paste the whole thing and remove all the awkward spacing and see how many pages it actually is because... I'd be willing to bet it deletes about 80 pages worth oh, of just yeah. blank space. Yeah, it's probably like 380 pages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he found... Which is still long. Why couldn't he have just gone to 444 or 333? Well, I guess the 555 is the new beginnings or whatever the fuck I said at yeah, the beginning. and he's going to do threes, 555s. Five, five, five. <sighs> That's the thing is, there's supposed to be two more of these. And, and he's, he's already hinting at a, another one after those two. Yeah, he seems to imply that he's already written the other two. Yes, I believe the other two are already done. He probably just has to go back and do some punch-up work. But he, he had to get this one out, I, I think, to maybe get some money to pay his taxes. And then we'll get the other two. We we will we will be your editor for free, David. Please <laughs> send us the book. We'll help tidy this up, bro. There's going to be an awful lot of David in the coming year, I think. Which good. Well, so good. I'm glad he was plotting a comeback. Some uh, some housekeeping work. We'll we'll be doing. I think we'll just make these Monday Friday until we we finish the book. I kind of want. We just got to go through them. We yes. can't let we can't let them fester. No, we we need to uh, get all these. We need to get all this. The information needs to reach the people. Yeah, the, these prophecies are supposed to help us uh, to be able to levitate and have telekinesis yeah. and and prevent the end of the world. So uh, all episodes until we're done with this book will be about the book. Look, realistically, we should be dancing on graves through the end of the year. Yeah, given the Corey the Corey situation and this unfortunate book, that should be the title of we this have, book. We have really been very right the last portion of this year i predicted i'm pretty sure in one of the solo shows 
I believe it was Andrew Tate exposed for loving She-Hulk. Uh-huh. Uh, I said he was going to get arrested for sex trafficking. <laughs> I'm almost positive I said that. Wouldn't it be very funny if we become prophets? Like we are. <laughs> I'm already convinced we are. I don't say prophets of doom lightly. You got to wear the shirt next I episode. I think it's fucking literal. We, we accidentally became what David's been trying to become his entire life. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate we can't predict good things, but it's, we predict bad things, and that makes it funny. It's also funny that all it takes is using common sense to predict things, where David's going through these bizarre, like, the yeah. clock said this, and I heard this, therefore this is going to happen. It's, like, how did I know? Well, I found a very good Twitter thread that had yeah. a lot of very direct <laughs> evidence that made it pretty clear he was guilty of something. Yes. So I could put two and two together. Uh, one, one more slight teaser for, for a later portion when we eventually get to it. David's book that he's planning on, uh, perhaps releasing after he gets through these, uh, three books is just going to be called the book of horrors. And it, it's going to have to do with his experiences. Um, let's, let's say the book may take on a sexual tone later on. Oh God, he got raped. It takes on a sexual <laughs> tone. Later on, there's that, a lot to get. You to. know what? You know what? Now that I think about it, that's probably the only real out he could go with at this point. Is look, it was trauma from when I was raped. Sexual tone <laughs> later on. All right, guys, uh, go to the Patreon. We decided to make these episodes yes, on the the, the regular. The people feed. will all have it. We're we're not yeah. doing a separate Patreon yeah. look, for the David books. For David and Corey, we we owe it to ourselves and everyone else. <laughs> To get this out there because this is the first, this was what initially made us go, oh, hey, if we make fun of people on Friday that are weird. <laughs> yes, that could be a thing. That could be a thing. Let's do that regularly. That was fun. So now it is. Yeah, so now it is. So yeah, go to patreon.com slash in plain sight pod and uh, give us money so we can be rich. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's really it. Uh, yeah. We don't have to give it. I'm actual... not going to lie to the people. Like, I just want to be rich. No, we I want mean... money to, to pay the rent and buy things. Yeah, don't like, get me we wrong. We don't really want. We'll do some ignorant shit yeah. once we get decent money. Yeah, we really don't have any grander vision other than, though, we want money. Yeah, That's... we just want money. And we give you your money's worth. We're at. Hidden in Plainside Radio on Instagram. You're yep. at Brandon Steele Hidden on Instagram. Yep. And yep. we are at The Hidden Pod on Twitter. And we will return on Friday with yep. part two Hell of yeah. the Michael Prophecies. Hootie hoo. Mom bow.